Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hey guys, how we doing? Welcome on in to Train, Eat, Repeat. Hope you guys are all having a great week. Andrea and I are back in the broadcast booth. Hey, hey. Here to talk to you guys about an important topic. And it, it sort of uh, dawned on us after talking with a few of our clients this week on just why it's so hard to make exercise, nutrition, mindfulness, a part of a lifestyle, you know, and we see it all the time. There are a lot of people that will start a routine um, to inevitably fall off track. And and I think we all fall off track for a period of time, but like so drastically so that like they completely step away from exercise or completely step away from trying to install new good eating habits and, and or fail at, at a certain diet. And then also, you know, and it probably all starts or stems from here of having that mindset ready mm-hmm. in order to take on those few things. Sure. It it sounds so easy to say, okay, I'm going to start eating good. I'm going to start working out three days a week and I'm going to make sure I journal every morning. And, you know, sure, I can say it sounds easy when I say it, but putting that into your lifestyle when you've never done anything like that is extremely difficult and somewhat overwhelming that I think what hinders people is they they go in guns a blazing. And when you say overwhelming, meaning like people just they try to take on too much yeah. at, at one time. Well, that too. And I think because there's so much information out there, there's so much that's an overload. Like you need to do this diet. You need to eat this many calories. You need to be doing this exercise. You need to be doing drinking this water versus that. And um, I think it's hard for people to realize what is best for themselves as well. And sometimes I think that's why people are like, well, I'm, I'm not going to do it. It's just too hard. It's too overwhelming. I don't even know what way to go first. So the overwhelming factor. So let's talk about training first. So, um, you know, I would say that exercise is probably where people go first Mm -hmm. whenever they're looking to lose weight, tone their body, um, you know, possibly even utilizes this as a de-stress component, although more often than not, it's more about the aesthetics than anything. Sure. But where, where do people sort of go wrong when they take a look at exercise, in your opinion? Sure. I think uh, I think you're right. I think this is where people start because it's something that they control and it's easy. Like, I just have to get up and move. So I think a lot of people start off maybe doing like the five to K couch to 5K program because everyone can put their foot in front of the other. Right. Everyone can start walking. Then eventually everyone can start running. But I think where people um, go about it wrong is I think they start off too hard, too fast. They're, I'm going to work out and I'm going to do, you know, five days a week and they go and they lift and, and they move and they, they don't realize that they haven't done it before. So they're extremely sore or they uh, don't know how to recover. Um, and they don't know what movements are appropriate for their body. Well, that's the New Year's resolution yeah. sort of syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah. Like hit full bore once the calendar changes to the new year. I'm going to put all my effort into uh, exercise. Right. And yeah, not only can you just burn yourself out, but like that's where injuries happen. Yeah. And that's where it can be discouraging because exercise in itself and, and more so the movements that comprise your exercise, those are hard things mm-hmm. to do. Like mm-hmm. I, if I told anyone right now, that's listening to do a body weight squat. 
there probably is a little bit of like dysfunction or, or things that we know we need sure. to work on with them. Yeah. And if you constantly repeat that model and you end up injuring yourself, well, then automatically you get that cue that, well, first of all, you're not going to see instant success. Right. Right. Instant gratification. But then second of all, if you do it and you get injured or you feel in a campaign, automatically your body is conditioned to resist pain. Right, right. So then you're not going to do it. Right. No, I totally agree. And I think I think that's what people, um, and I, I commend them, they, they want to get into their program, which is great, or they go to a group class and they follow the instructor in the group class and they're not following the proper form or technique. Um, and then they get sore and they don't, they don't want to continue on. I think if we, if we go about it slowly, like doing body weight exercises first, making sure I'm following the right form and technique, making sure I'm feeling it in all the right places. And I think having that proper, um, going in slow, having that proper mindset in the set to, you know, I'm not going to go guns ablaze and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to start slow. I'm not going to get off the couch and automatically go run three miles today, right? You have to work your way up to it. You have to work your way up to it. And I think that also will keep you going long term because you'll never get to a point where you're overreaching or overtraining. And we've talked about that in this podcast, what those symptoms feel like. And they feel Mm -hmm. terrible. Like I've been there before where my body, literally everything hurt. Nothing felt good. My, I was super fatigued. I just talked about recovery on the Mm -hmm. training repeat page on Facebook this week. And I just feel like there's so many people that go under, they are under recovered and therefore they have to take a step back from their training, Mm -hmm. which, you know, doing a little bit of training is always going to be better than doing nothing at all. Right. And so that starting small, even if that means it's going to take you longer to get to your goal, is always going to be the answer. And what you might notice and what our hope is, that's how it becomes a lifestyle. Right. Right. So if I'm new to this, what would you suggest that I do? Let's say, okay, I've never exercised before and I want to start exercising and I want to start Monday. So what should I do? Well, I think, first of all, you have to, it is a loaded question. There's a lot of answers there, but the people that we see are successful in, in sort of tackling an exercise venture, if you will, is that they're very clear on why they're doing it. Sure. So like, for instance, um, I just showcased a client today on a Facebook page. She's been working with me for nine months. And prior to those nine months, she had never really gotten into a, a cadence of working out, like knew that it was something that she probably should do. Um, she sort of rest on her uh, laurels in terms of being young and being able to sort of eat whatever she wants. And she was super active when she was younger. Well, now she's in a mom. She has been for a couple of years now. And, you know, that's adding another element to her life. And for her, it was really the fact that she noticed that part of having her son and 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 having all those extra responsibilities really raised her anxiety levels. Mm. And what it also did too is like it made her realize that she wasn't able to keep up with her son mm. as much as she was able to before. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I need to make this change because of these reasons. Mm. And when your why is that powerful, that's when you're going to make it more of a priority in your life. If if you don't have that why figured out and you're doing it for what I would call like surface level reasons, if you're doing it for, uh, you know, a smaller waist and, uh, you know, a thicker butt and non-flabby arms, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that those goals are not valid, but they lack substance. Right. And if your goals or your why lacks substance, there's very few people that are going to be able to keep it going long term because, 
those things take years to build, right? Bodybuilding itself takes years. Right. How long have you been lifting weights? Oh, um, uh, professional, like, like, like consistently. Yeah, consistently. I would say, um, I'm going to date myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's start with like, 2009 consistently. Yeah, I would say right after college is when I got real consistent. I lifted yeah. through high school, yeah. but it was yeah. always sport it, oriented. Yeah, it wasn't consistent. And then like in college, I don't even know if I would consider that consistent because I was right. more worried about the next kegger or, or the pizza parties. But right. but but literally from the year I graduated in, in 2008, I've been consistent. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes yeah. mm -hmm. to build a body part to to and and still be be fine tuning and working through those things? So, again, it, it it's a long game process, and I think if you can identify the why, and I think if you can look at it as a long term process, that's where I would start. So, would you say that lifting is part of your lifestyle? Oh, hundred percent. But but looking at lifting not as exercise per se. I understand that it is. But knowing that the more that I move, mm -hmm. right? Let's just talk about movement. Let's right. just talk about walking. Let's mm -hmm. talk about, you know, sitting down into a squat, which which if you when we talked with Dr. Aaron Horshig, he said a squat should always be looked at as a movement first and exercise second. Mm -hmm. Those are normal everyday movements. I notice that when I lift weights, I'm able to avoid aches and pains. Mm -hmm. I might have, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness mm -hmm. after a workout. That's pretty normal, right? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling it right now in my glutes, if you guys <laughs> really want to know. They, they hurt. But when I do that, though, it makes every other aspect of my life that much easier. Mm -hmm. I wake up feeling stronger. I wake up feeling more mobile. I wake up feeling like I could literally go out. We were going snowboarding this weekend. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not worried about like going snowboarding. Mm -hmm. We have that one client, Susan, who's mm -hmm. in our group. Right. And her big concern was she wasn't she was concerned she wasn't gonna be able to ski. Right. And yes, she lifted weights for possibly like aesthetics and weight loss. But more so, she did it because it gave her a lease on life. Sure, sure. So to me, like exercise, lifting weights, that has become a lifestyle for me mm -hmm. because I know that as I age, strength will never be a weakness. Sure, sure. And I would I would piggyback off of that is that I think exercise and movement is a great way to increase your um, confidence, increase your your mood, um, uh, relieve stress and anxiety. Um, so I think that's also become a true um, focal point in our lifestyle. I'll speak for you, our, our lifestyle that if we don't have some type of movement, we feel a little on edge. Yeah. And, and if you're not, if you don't have that routine already in and you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with stress, which we all do, that might be your outlet, right? We're not saying it will be, but you need to find something that allows you to, you know, sort of get that feeling out. And a lot of times when, if, if I told somebody even just go outside, mm -hmm. maybe not today, because I think it's like 12 degrees outside <laughs> and it's freezing, but Let's say you go outside on a nice day when it's mm -hmm. like 70 degrees, mm -hmm. automatically that fresh air and that movement increases automatically and releases those endorphins mm -hmm. and allows you to feel better. Mm -hmm. So, again, starting small, but attributing it to your why. I think another thing 
that will keep you going and making it into a lifestyle are the results. Absolutely. I think uh, for sure. I think once you start seeing and feeling the changes, but also seeing the changes and when someone says something about, oh, you look great. Have you have you lost weight or are you working out? I think you, that increases your drive and your motivation. Or if you realize you have less anxiety, mm-hmm. if you realize mm-hmm. that you actually feel like you're, you're more balanced, mm-hmm. like you had spoken about the fact that if you don't work out in a day, how that affects your mental ability to face challenges. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Namely, absolutely. like your children or, or your crazy cat. <laughs> yes, yes. I I feel that uh, now today was a little bit different than my normal days. Uh, my day was a little stacked, so I had to find a specific time to work out. Um, and my quiet time got shortened by probably 10 minutes. But I will tell you that I got my workout in and my quiet time in and I was able to wake the boys up and I was probably like an equivalent to Snow White this morning because I was so like, good morning and everything's great and wonderful because I was so accomplished in that moment. Well, and that just goes back to the importance of you time. And yeah. and regardless, any small sample size is going to be better than nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're someone at home and you're thinking, uh, well, I had an hour workout plan for today, but I only have 15 minutes. Right. Move for 15 minutes. Right. right. But I remember specifically talking to you about it last night. I was like, I have a crazy day today. How am I going to fit that in? Because it has become such a lifestyle mm-hmm. that I have to figure out where I'm going to fit it in. So I just figured out different pockets of time because it is important to me and it is part of my lifestyle and who I am. But to get to that point and to get the results like that, you do know that you have to go through hardship in order oh. to get there. Oh, how many times have we fallen off and how many times have we felt injured or just not motivated and just blah? Or even just so like when I graduated, so at the very beginning of me making exercise a habit, when I graduated from college, mm-hmm. I signed up for a 13 mile race with obstacles. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, I probably hadn't run more than a mile, maybe two in my life up until that point. And so when I started telling people what I was going to do, they're like, you're going to run 13 miles in four months. And like, they didn't believe me, mm-hmm. which first of all, really fuels me. If you tell, tell me I can't do something, I'm <laughs> well, going to prove you wrong, <laughs> right? But I think the thing was too, is that guys, I'm telling you, there were running days where it was 90 degrees, it was humid, it was the middle of summer, I had a seven mile run and at mile four, I hit a wall. Mm. Like literally had to stop, I had to start walking. I, I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it. And But once you realize though, is that once you push past that little bit of discomfort and don't take me wrong here and say that I need you to push through discomfort in order for you to make this into a lifestyle. What I'm saying is, is that mentally, mm-hmm. that builds your mental fortitude, your mental strength to make you realize that you can do this, that you are worthy. But of course, it's always gonna be hard at first. First, like, but the hardest thing you could ever do to yourself is stay the same. Right. And you've talked about that earlier this week on on Facebook. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think one of the key things there that you said is that you told people you were doing this race, so you had some level of accountability into mm-hmm. it already. But yes, it's easy to stay in your comfort zone. It's harder to get out of your comfort zone. But why not widen that comfort zone and create a better habit or a lifestyle to incorporate movement into your lifestyle and not make it out of your comfort zone anymore? So we have the why, yep. right? Your why has to be important. We have identified that. Right. You're, you're going to focus on the results, no matter how small. It, yeah, you're chalking up yeah. those mm-hmm. wins, right? Yep. Yep. We even have a client that puts gold stars yep. every mm-hmm. time she finishes a workout, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like for you, that that intrinsic 
or or actually like you know just visual reward system that you have for yourself mm-hmm. make sure that you're tracking that progress because that's going to keep you going absolutely the next part that we realize where people fall off and we talked about a little bit already about how they go guns a blazing they sure. go full in on a program is the variety mm-hmm. like if if you lack variety in your workouts number one you're going to be bored mm-hmm. and boredom is probably the number one reason why somebody would stop doing a workout mm-hmm. but what you also re- have to realize though is that when you don't vary your workouts you will stop to see results too. You'll plateau. Yeah. Uh huh. Absolutely. So how would how would you, how would people make or create variety inside of their workouts, or how have you done in the past when like, you feel like you've gotten bored? Sure, and I would say I don't I don't lift heavy heavy every day. Um, I think that's one thing that people I think people think if they're not making themselves sick or exhaustively tired that they're not war- working out hard enough and I think that's one of the hardest things to understand that if you're doing an active recovery day if you're doing a yoga and you're not burning you know at your muscles you're still doing something very beneficial for your body you're letting your body recover as your article that you posted this week on Facebook but I, I think what people need to do is they they have to be a little bit organized with their workouts, maybe pick out three days and make sure that they're lifting full body for those three days. But in those odd days, making sure they're doing something away from the weights. Maybe they're doing um, Pilates or yoga or walking or running or whatever type of movement they can, but taking a little break from the weights so their body can recover. And I think too, constantly changing the variables. So like the weight that you use, the intensity you use, Um, maybe you're working with kettlebells instead of a dumbbell. That's a small change, but it makes the exercise that much more challenging. Right. Um, and variety could mean challenging. It could mean that you're doing something that you find enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like if it were warm outside and you enjoy playing street basketball, mm-hmm. great. Use that as your exercise for that day. But mm-hmm. variety, if you're lacking it, um, and, and first of all, if it's something that you didn't enjoy to begin with, which again, might be something that you'll learn to enjoy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like when I was talking about my that last class, who never really had a consistent exercise routine, or if she had one before, never really stuck with it this long. She's mm-hmm. nine months in right now. Um, you know, then there's no way like you would have kept it going. So, right, right. If I had to do the same thing day in and day out, I think I would become very bored. But yeah, making changing it up, changing the amount of weight that you're lifting, changing the type of weight that you're living lifting, and now means I don't mean go heavy, but maybe do it differently with a sandbag or a kettlebell, but go slow first to make sure you have that form right. And then another piece, so we have the why results variety, is that it's not customized to the individual. Mm-hmm. And we see this kind of more, more so probably in the nutrition world, but also in the exercise world. Like yeah. there are these blanket workout programs that are for everybody. Right. One size does not fit all. No. Not at all, because we all have different aches and pains. We all have different abilities. Different needs, different functions, um, male versus female. I mean, we have so many different nuances that I think that if you are able, uh, not picking up a program and just pushing play, do some research. Yeah, do some research for yourself yes. more so than anything mm-hmm. and and find the right people, coaches like us to sort of guide you along in that process. And that's probably what I would say is the thing that we look forward to the most is to educate and see somebody that we had worked with in the past 
like continuing on mm-hmm. that education, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're continuing to thrive and try new things, or maybe they sign up for a half marathon. That's right. something they've never done before and never would think of doing, sure. but because they built that mental strength and physical strength, they felt it was time or they felt like it was something that they wanted to sort of do. Right. And I think that um, making it customizable for that person. I mean, we take a look at each individual and we do an assessment with them to correct any imbalances that they have so that that doesn't become an impingement down the road. So looking for a good coach that's really going to take an understanding of how your body moves and correct those imbalances that you might have so they don't come up down the road. But we have not once ever heard a client that, oh, I didn't like that workout. They It might be a hard workout, but they, they've always said, oh, that was great. I loved it. And I love, you know, the different things that we're trying or the different modalities that we do. Um, not once have they ever said I'm bored. Well, and the reason for that is because we know our clients. Right. We know exactly what they need in order to get that little bit of push mm-hmm. without pushing them over the edge. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I think that's that's probably the last piece that may, that helps people make into a lifestyle is the plan. Yeah. Like having a plan is so important. It doesn't need to be 100% thought out because we know how much think, yep. everybody's brains are sort of overwhelmed with how many things they have to think about, but you need to have a plan. Um, you know, my, my sister uh, is one of the best planning tools I've ever seen mm-hmm. somebody do. So she has these, uh, and you actually got them for your boys, uh-huh. but these calendars that go right in the fridge mm-hmm. and the, there's calendars for her uh, son and uh, daughter to do uh, chores. Yep. But then she actually has another one that literally plans out every single meal of the week. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we always talk on this podcast and inside of our coaching about if we can automate more things in your life, how much easier does that make it for you? And automate means it becomes a habit, a lifestyle. Or a lifestyle, yeah. right? It's a, They're all interchangeable yeah. words. Yeah. So, you know, those are probably the key things that we look at in terms of the people we've worked with in the past that have been able to make exercise, training, uh, weightlifting, whatever you want to call it, uh, more of a habit, more of a lifestyle. And where people go wrong mm-hmm. is they go too hard, too fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They do a lack of planning. Mm-hmm. They're following a program that isn't necessarily for built them. for them, mm-hmm. right? There isn't enough variety in it. And they probably didn't start off with their why. Sure. Like their why was not, was too surface level in order to maintain that um, consistency. Yep. And your why could change over the course of time, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's been clients I've had where like we started off working around like on the physical pieces, mm-hmm. like let's work on, you know, reducing body fat and and looking better in the mirror. Then all of a sudden it's, it was turning into, okay, I'm, I'm planning to uh, maybe start a family. Okay. So we're going to focus on, sure. you know, having good eating habits, still moving the body, but maybe not going as intense and making sure that we keep good body weight. We're not trying to slash calories anymore. Right. 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 So again, those are all important pieces, but thought it was important to talk about how you could make Make it into a lifestyle if you are struggling with that around the exercise portion. Around nutrition, we see much of the same. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So yeah. a lot of people struggle with not being able to adhere to a consistent eating process. What do you think is like the biggest reason for that? So I think that uh, what people do is, you know, they're like, okay, I want to start losing weight and they want to start looking at their food. So um 
I think nutrition might be the hardest one to create a habit around because we have eating habits based on what our family does, what our parents do, and we pass that on to our family as well. And I think we've changed some of those eating habits as we learn. But I think one of the hardest things is, is to change how we eat. And because we have so much an emotional tie into our food, it's a celebration, it's a sad moment, I'm stressed, I'm depressed. So all those emotions are tied to our food. And I think what people do is they they restrict themselves too hard and too fast. The cold turkey method. Yeah. Yeah. Again, January 1st comes around and I know that we're already a month removed from it, which probably means that probably a few of these list people that are listening in have already fallen off the wagon and sure. that's unfortunate. But the cold turkey method, it, it just doesn't work for the points that Andrea just brought up is like, if, if you've been having the same consistent habits ingrained in your brain for years and years and years, you can't expect to throw all those to the wayside and then just start new habits right away. Right. Like you may change some things, but ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to feel deprived. You're going to feel like you're starving. You're going to feel like you're, you're missing out on certain things. And to a certain extent, there is such a thing as food addiction, oh, like, oh, like sure. being addicted to sugar and yep. caffeine and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and everything else. Like, it's just like cigarettes. How many mm-hmm. people that are smokers do we see go cold turkey and actually end up quitting 100%? Oh, very. I think it's an extreme rare, rare case. And I, I think you're so correct on that, that it is an addiction. Let's say, and I'm going to go out of you know, extreme here. I eat a chocolate bar every single day. And then here comes January 1, or let's say, okay, I'm going to be turning whatever age, and I want to make sure that I'm going to lose weight before my birthday. So I'm going to stop eating my chocolate bar every single day. It has become a habit, and it's become a lifestyle that I eat that chocolate bar every single day. Mm -hmm. And then I take it away. What am I going to replace it with? It's like lopping off a part of your body. Yes. Yeah. And so, so how would we start somebody off? I don't eat off? a chocolate bar. <laughs> she doesn't eat a chocolate bar, and I'm not going to cut off her arm um, if she does. So uh, what would somebody do then to sort of ease into, to start making some of these nutritional choices more of a lifestyle? Sure. I, I would start slow. I, I think everything that we talk about today is start slow. Mm-hmm. Don't take on too much too soon. It'll be too overwhelming, and it'll hurt too hard when you do fail because you will fail. And it's okay but just get back up. So to start slow, um, let's say, okay, I want to cut out, I want to start eating healthy. So don't go through your kitchen and throw everything out. Start slowly, you know, clean out the fridge, maybe start adding fruits and vegetables into the fridge. And as things start to get depleted, don't rebuy them. If that bag of Doritos is gone, don't buy another bag of Doritos. Mm -hmm. Your environment will shape your behavior. Right. And if you have things available, I don't care how strong a willpower you have, you're going to give in. You're going to eat it. Yeah. (laughs) Andrea brought over fresh fresh chocolate chip cookies. I'm telling you. And they have like what pieces of toffee in them or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Ridiculously good. They're they're so terrible. (laughs) You'll never want them. Um, But no, they're 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 like they're like crack cocaine. Okay, like they're that good. And she didn't bring over just one. She brought over a bag of like seven. So automatically I gave her the, the, you know, the eyes like, really, really, you're doing this to me. You're sabotaging me. It's just all out of love. And I get it. But, but I had one of them. I had to try them. Right. That's my excuse. And and I'm sticking with it. Well, I told him he had to. Too. <laughs> if you give Tyler a cookie, he's going to eat it. Okay. 
<laughs> if you give a mouse a cookie, if you guys get that <laughs> reference out there. So I had the cookie and then I I got had a really stressful day a couple of days later and I told myself it was okay to have another cookie. And, but then I, I you catch yourself mm. and you're like, the awareness piece is the, emo- the most important piece. I was like, I'm eating this cookie because I feel a certain way, mm. not because I actually right. want the cookie. Right? Yeah. So as soon as I felt that, and I trust me, I am not an advocate of throwing food out. Andrew will tell you I'm no, kind of not. a leftovers <laughs> Nazi when it comes to that. But I throughout those cookies because I knew that if they stayed in my cupboard, I was going to be more apt to grab them. Now, am I depriving myself? Not really. I don't have that that big of a sweet tooth and it probably was something that I've built over years and years and years. Again, when I started that, my fitness journey in 2008 or my consistency of making it a lifestyle, my diet has changed drastically over the course of that time. But then again, you're looking at a span of 12 years. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. In that, in that didn't span. happen overnight. No, not yeah. even close. So you had that emotional con- or trigger to grab that cookie. And so changing that and, ta- and realizing that this could be my downfall, you were able to, you know, I'm going to throw them in the garbage and I'm going to step away. I used to have a friend that would, um, she'd have a craving and let's say it was for donuts. I don't remember if it was for donuts or not, but it will just use it for the story. She would take a bite of donut and then she'd throw it in the garbage and then pour water over the donut. So she Mm. couldn't go back in and get the donut (laughs) because she had that emotional trigger. It made her feel good. Now we're not saying you can never have sugar or donuts or cookies ever, ever again, but let's talk about moderation. You know, let's understand what our environment is. And I think that's what we preach to our clients as well. It's like you're we're not boot camp instructors in the sense that we're going to yell at you that and disown you if you have a cookie. But we want you to understand that how you feel when you do eat a better way, that having a cookie is OK, but having a cookie, not six cookies. Well, and, and you just hit the nail on the head. It's it's motivating both ends of your brain. Mm-hmm. It's motivating the logical side, mm-hmm. the writer, and it's also motivating the elephant. Mm-hmm. The writer side of us, which is what we're teaching people is, mm-hmm. hey, this is actually healthier for you. You'll be able to feel better, have better digestion, um, lose weight. Mm-hmm. Those are all logical things. People know that, right? But yet people still aren't making the right decisions, right. but that's because they're not motivated by it. Right. So then where does the motivation come in? And it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but maybe the motivation is, okay, you you just talked about one of your clients mm-hmm. who um, is on a program right now mm-hmm. for her nutrition and to experiment, you said, give me two days of eating really on point. Mm-hmm. The first day, she did not eat on point. Nope. She was actually far off from, from being on point. Yep. And then the next day, she was pretty spot on. Right. And you asked her, okay, how did you feel on that second day? She felt great. She felt great. She felt great. So then if we can tie feeling great mm-hmm. to the emotion of or the logical sense of what I should be eating so that I can feel that great all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that enough for you? Is that enough of an emotional tie to allow you to to want to replicate it over and over and over again? For you and me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. How many times have I told you after eating something, oh, I'm going to feel this tomorrow morning? Right. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and we have our moments where we have a specific um, day. It's usually our Thursday that we, um, we go out to dinner or we have an out lunch or something and we go off of our normal eating pattern. But that's once a week that we do that out of how many meals that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know 
we know it's in moderation. We don't do it. Uh, we don't overindulge, let's say. And, and that's okay. But we, and we feel good after doing it because we did it and we turned off our brains and, you know, we don't talk about work kind of thing. So it's a little bit of a, re, a reprieve for us. And then we go right back to our, our normal way of eating because we know it makes us feel better. It makes our stomachs feel better. We're able to um, work harder in the gym. Uh, and I think those two are intertwined. I think the first topic about exercise and nutrition are intertwined. Once you start seeing results as you exercise, then you start realizing what I'm putting in my body will help me feel better and have better output in the gym, but will also help me uh, feel better in the sense that I'm able to fit into those genes that I've been wanting to fit into. And all those factors and Look at performance as not just what you do inside of the gym, but performance as a mother, right. performance as a good worker, mm-hmm. like your ability to think clearly mm-hmm. is directly tied to the food which we put in our body mm-hmm. and the amount of exercise that we put out, put into our physical side. So mm-hmm. it, it all ties together, mm-hmm. guys. And, and the lifestyle pieces, they, they kind of the lifestyle sort of. Uh, parts that you need to put in place to make it a lifestyle are the same for both nutrition and exercise. It's starting slowly. It's making sure that we have a reason for that change, Mm -hmm. right? That is not just surface level because Mm -hmm. that only lasts for a short period of time. It's making sure that you're practicing moderation over restriction, Mm -hmm. like not punishing yourself for having a little bit of something. Mm -hmm. You already had it. Right. It, you can't change the and past. You made that choice, right? Mm-hmm. You can only learn from it. You know, right. we I, there was a uh, a colleague of ours that is a big Minnesota Gophers football fan, mm-hmm. and their head coach has this mantra called "row the boat." Mm-hmm. And the idea of rowing the boat, and this ties directly into making things a lifestyle, is you're in the boat. Your back is to the future. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. However, the energy that you put into the oars, that is the work that you're constantly doing day in, day out. So those are your habits. Those are the workouts. Those are the choices you're making in terms of what you're eating. And then you're looking back towards the past. You can't change that. You've had that donut. You've had those six cookies. You just ordered a ton of Girl Scout cookies that are sitting in your cupboard just waiting to be eaten, right? You learn from the past. So you can make smarter decisions, put the habits in so that you can get to a better future. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, you're going to fall off the wagon, but what we're trying to, not I don't want to say preach because I hate when we preach, but what we're trying to make you understand is that if you can make it into a lifestyle, things become easier. So let's say uh, I'm starting a new nutrition program or I want to change the way I eat. What would you suggest? How should people start? Oh, well, first of all, um, you need to have the right information. And to Andrea's point, that's really hard because there's so much information out there. Uh, our philosophy is always going to be about doing a diet that you find feasible. So for instance, if you absolutely hate vegetables and I'm telling you, you need to eat nine cups of vegetables a day, automatically your emotional elephant is going to run away Mm -hmm. and your rider is going to be screaming Mm -hmm. for for mercy because that (laughs) elephant is going to trample you, right? Uh So the biggest thing is, is like, let's take a look at the current landscape, okay? What are some very small things that we know are good for us that we can change? That could be as simple as carrying a 32-ounce water bottle and you filling it up three times throughout the day. Sure. Start small, start with those very small habits and do not go for the latest fad diet. 
Okay. Um, what <laughs> one of you, one we, a person who will go unnamed, but was naming sort of this five protein shakes a day, yeah. mm-hmm. um, one huge meal a day, mm-hmm. guys, it's just not sustainable. Like, like not to mention all the other, I won't even get into the reasons why it'd be bad for you, but. And they don't even build it to be sustainable because they say this is an eight week program. Right. And so during, at the end of those eight weeks, you stop doing that and you go back to eating your same normal way you were before the eight weeks. And, and I think the biggest thing that you can do when you go to start something is realize the things you're already doing well. We as humans are very, um, we're our own worst critic. Yeah, we're really critical of we're ourselves. We're really critical. Yeah. And when you're looking to start something new, like an exercise plan or a nutrition plan, your inclination is to always start with the negative. Oh, I got to stop eating sweets. I have to uh, make sure that I'm getting vegetables. I'm, gosh, I really suck at getting water in. Guys, if you beat yourself up that much, there's no way you're going to feel motivated to do it. Like you're just going to chalk it up as a failure and you're going to pack shop and and just keep on doing what you're doing, right? What was me party? Start like I didn't have chips today. I had an apple instead of having chips. When? Right? Yeah. When? Um, I had, you know, salmon, broccoli and brown rice for dinner. That was a great dinner. Right. I didn't have McDonald's. Exactly. Right. Right. And we've had these talks with numerous clients before. We get on our coaching calls with them and automatically we ask how the week went and they automatically go to the negative. Yes. And what we're trying to teach them is what positive things did we do? Because if we focus on the positive, there's a there's a um, a little test you can take called Strength Finders, and the whole purpose of it is is for you to identify what your major strengths are, so that way you don't you focus less on what your opportunities are, and you focus more on how you can leverage those strengths to help you make it to that next transition point. So let's say that like you already have. So like, like one of our clients, she already had a consistency of working out mm-hmm. five 30 in the morning, every morning mm-hmm. down there working out, but she didn't necessarily have the right plan. Mm-hmm. She didn't have the right why as to why she was putting in all that work. So then when she had that, now it's built into a lifestyle that is actually getting the results that mm-hmm. she wants and being able to be built into her lifestyle that she already had um, built. Right. So right. again, It's starting small. I think it's looking at the landscape. And, you know, again, there's no measure or no change that is too small. Mm -hmm. And But track it. Build Mm -hmm. upon it. Mm -hmm. And and for the love of God, don't beat yourself up. Right. Take one day at a time. At the end of the night, count your blessings, uh, thank your gratitudes, and move on. Absolutely. So I hope this this conversation helped in terms of, you know, maybe if you're contemplating starting an exercise program, if you're contemplating starting to change up your routine, or if your routine has just gotten stale, go back to your why. I, I know I say it way too often, but it's so true. If your why is strong enough, you will make that change. And it also is the thing that will keep you going, which then means it's become a lifestyle and it's something that you literally just can't live without. And we hope that for every single person. Mm-hmm. And if you have questions, reach out. That's why we're here. Absolutely. So you guys have a great week, a great strong week. Uh, Finish it out strong and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.